How many have, you know, have New Year's resolutions? you have New Year's resolutions? Anybody still do those? No. Why? Because usually the, the most popular one, obviously, is diet. Everybody says, I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to change my diet. And that lasts about five days. And then, you know, you don't see instant results, so you quit the diet. And a lot of times we, we say, you know what? I'm going to really spend time praying and, and digging into God's word this year. It's going to be a new year for me. And how long does that last? Well, I think that one can last a lot longer than the diet one can. And what we're doing, you know, it says it, it takes three weeks to develop a habit. The, the plan that we live in, there's two ways out of the plan that we live in. One is you got to, you know, there's no, it's just a stop sign and you got to cross, you know, two lanes to get to where you want to go. You got to cross both sides. The other side's a light. You got to get out the light. And so for the first year that we lived there, I would go out the, the short way at the stop sign and sit there for 20 minutes waiting to get out. Well, I decided I'm going to stop going, start going to the light a little bit further. And it, it took me about three weeks to get into the habit of going to that stoplight. And now when I pull out of the driveway, I automatically go to the stoplight because I kept doing it and doing it and doing it. That's the premise behind the week of prayer and the 21 days of prayer and fasting. You want to get into not a habit, but a, a condition where it's, it's normal for you to do this. And that's exactly what this, this month is going to be. Now, which kind of leads me into my sermon. And we're going to take a break, obviously, from the book of Mark, because we're going to talk about, specifically about prayer and fasting. And I think the church in general needs this, as well as, as our church. We want to draw closer to God, so we want to be able to take time to pray and fast. Now, we're asking each one of us to, to take some time praying and fasting for specific issues in our church. Now, the theme for this year for our church is, ready? Prayer for more in 2024. I noticed how that rhymes, cute, right? Now, I'm gonna ask our ushers if they would pass out first there's a stack of papers just like this in the back. And if everyone would take one of these, it's just a kind of a guidelines for prayer and fasting. And if you look at the top sentence, it says, fast means to close or cover the mouth. Now, we know folks that we wish they would cover their mouth not only for fasting, but for speech. But this is talking about fasting. So, as they pass this out, it's just kind of a guidelines, and we're going to talk about it a little bit in the sermon. And the verse that we're using this year as our theme verse is never stop praying. And that's taken from 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. It says, pray without ceasing. New King James calls it pray without ceasing. Some say, don't stop praying. And when they're done passing these out, I am going to have them pass out goodies. Now, if you know me, I'm not, I'm not a big jewelry kind of guy. I have one ring, that's it, and a watch. That's all I wear. But I'm going to wear this. And I have it so it's facing out so the people who see it can read it. Now, sometimes your sweaters cover that in the wintertime, but this is an opportunity that if you're in line somewhere checking out, someone may see that wristband and ask what it means. That's your perfect opportunity 
to talk to them about Christ. They're asking you what it means. So we're using this not only to remind ourselves that we want to keep praying, but also use it as a tool to minister to those we come in contact with. And the, how many have got their pack so far? Everybody got one? Cool. In the bookmark, you'll see the things we are praying for, not only for the week of prayer, but for the year. Things that we're keeping in front of God all year long. Obviously, the most important one is more souls. More people to come to know Christ. You never know. We, you never know when, when God's going to call you home. And we want to be sure that we've done all that we can do to make sure as many people as we know are ready for that day. So the first one we're praying for is more, more souls, people you know, love, care for, neighbors. And the second thing we're looking for is healings and miracles, th- second and third things. What those are, those are not only meant to edify and build up the church, they're also used, God uses that to minister to those who don't know Christ. They can see what God's doing, they're excited about what they hear is happening at Dover Assembly. In the miraculous, people are always looking for supernatural things. If they hear that God is doing those type of things here, they're going to want to see. And they're going to come and they're going to hear the gospel and their lives are going to be transformed. More of the Holy Spirit, as I mentioned before, we can't do anything without the Holy Spirit working through us. If we try to do it on our own, you know it's going to fail. And the last one, obviously, is associated with that is more gifts of the Holy Spirit. We want those to be in operation. All the Bible talks about, it talks about God wants us to desire these things, to use these things, to edify and build up the church and allow it to be used to reach people. So those gifts of the Spirit are, we want them to be used. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in, in the sermon. We want them to be available. We want to be sensitive to what God wants to do through us with the gifts of the Spirit in order to not only edify and build up the church, but to reach people with the gospel of Christ. So, Keep this in your Bible as you read it. I know you read it every day. Keep this in your Bible. On the back is a list of 15 lines. You can put whatever your prayer requests on there. I usually put people I'm praying for on there. So whatever your needs are, pray for them. Remind yourself every day to read and pray. Everybody got that? All right. Good. So, John 14, 2. This is something that you don't hear a lot about in a regular sermon. This is a, this is a, uh, a funeral verse. We've had some loss this year. And if you're not a believer and you have loss, what are you going to do? There's a lot of folks facing tough financial situations. Facing hard family times. As we know, a lot of folks are sick. A lot of serious health issues. But we have hope in the midst of all that loss. How many have hope in spite of what's going on? And John 14, 2 says, There are many rooms in my father's house. I'm going to prepare a place for you. If this were not so, I would tell you plainly. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Man, God's painting some rooms and getting ready. 
We want to make sure that everyone's ready for their room. And that, that gives us encouragement that it wasn't an accident, but it was God's timing. Look what it said. When everything's ready, I will come and get you. So it's God's determination when that happens. So we're praying for those situations here in this church. We're praying for the property situation. You know that, that thing that's going on. We're still desiring of the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation so God, what he needs, needs, God can do what he needs to do for the edification of this church. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Now, everyone's scared at that one, I know. But the Bible says we are not only to think about it, we are to want it, desire it. Verse two says, anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for what? Their strengthening and encouragement and their comfort. When those things are in operation, people who walk in that are burdened and, and hurting, and they need God to speak to them. And it may not happen in a sermon, or it may, but something may happen in a service that someone specifically needs to hear that's specific to their life that will encourage them. And God says, that's why we do it. Not for show, not to show off, not to be flamboyant, but God needs to minister to people when they walk in where they are. And we need to be ready to be used by God for that effect. And God uses that also to win people to Christ. 2 Peter 3.9 says, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. He wants everyone to come to repentance. We as a church, that's our reason for being. And all this leads me to believe that it's time for this church to get serious about our relationship with God and to understand what God is doing and to seek his face. Now we've been talking about spiritual warfare before, but now I wanna focus on our reaction to that spiritual warfare, which is what I think is happening with all the sickness that's going on. Now here's an account that we all probably know. Jesus goes to heal a man's son whose disciples could not heal him. Mark 9, 17. It says, then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son. He has, he has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered them and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. Skip to verse 25. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to him, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he, as he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? He said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. So what's... What's happening in this story? Back in Mark chapter six, Jesus gave them authority to drive out demons. 
right? He said, you have the authority to do that. But at this point, that ministry was ineffective. Nothing was working for them. What God said should happen wasn't happening. Why? Why were they not able to do it? Because they were not using the resources that God had provided for them that they needed to accomplish his ministry. And the main lesson here is the power of faith to overcome the enemy. Why did they fail? Because they had become careless in their spiritual walk. They had neglected their time of praying and fasting. Now, I know a lot of the translations don't have the word fasting. After that, just have prayer. Um, some commentaries say it wasn't in the original manuscript, but most commentaries you read will say that this phrasing is in harmony with other portions and teaching throughout the Bible, and the fasting would have been implied in the way that the sentence was phrased. So even though it doesn't say prayer and fasting in the original manuscript, it would have been assumed that obviously fasting went with prayer. So when they said prayer, people reading it would have assumed, okay, well, that means prayer and fasting. So if Jesus rebuked his disciples for their weak spiritual walk and told them what they needed to do in order to be successful, I think we should adhere to that same advice. In other words, if we want to see victory in our lives, in the church, in our faith, we must be sure that our spiritual walk is not neglected. Otherwise, you will be powerless to accomplish anything for God. The authority that Jesus gave them was only effective if exercised by faith. But their faith must be cultivated through spiritual discipline and devotion. Your faith is only built up as you have the ability to exercise it. And when you read God's word, it gives you challenges. It gives you things that you're supposed to exercise and to do to help build up your faith. You can't expect God to come through in powerful ways if we are lax in your devotion time, in your prayer time, and your fasting time. And prayer and fasting are but two disciplines that God has called us to do. And he told us in that passage that if we don't spend time praying and fasting, you can't expect to be able to do anything for God. Now, I've, I've been on the other end of that, not having time to pray and fast and trying to do things in my own strength. And I can tell you, and I know when that happens. I can walk off the platform or leave a class and I'll know, yeah, that was just me. I wasn't spending enough time praying and fasting and spending time with God and studying. You notice it. Then other people will notice it. I've used this example before. They asked a concert pianist, how often do you practice? He says, eight hours a day every day. He says, what if you don't practice? He says, well, if I don't practice one day, I notice it. If I don't practice two or three days, my teacher notices it. If I don't practice for a week, everybody notices it. We have to be about the same thing. Practicing knowing what God's word says every day. So why do we do that? Why do we take time to, for the disciplines of prayer and fasting? Well, because the Bible not only commands it, it gives us examples of people who have done it and how it has worked for them. When Daniel saw the prophecy of the desolation of Jerusalem that would last 70 years, Daniel turned to God to restore the city. 
In Daniel 9, verse 3, it says, So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. I wore rough sackcloth and sprinkled myself with ashes. So he sees this vision, and he's really concerned about it, so he starts seeking God. God, what do you, what do you want to do? What are you doing here? And he took three weeks of consistent prayer and fasting until the angel showed up to minister to him. Daniel's time of prayer lasted three weeks. The Bible says the angel said, I was fighting the enemy for 21 days. So that time of prayer and fasting, there was spiritual warfare going on that had he quit, the angel might not have been able to make it to, to Daniel. There was power in his prayer and fasting. There was spiritual warfare power in his time of prayer and fasting. When God was telling Joel about the judgment that was coming and telling them that there, were, there may be still time to avoid it, Joel hears this from God. Joel 2.12 says, this is, why, this is why the Lord says, turn to me now while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. God's telling Joel, you want, you want answers? You want this to work? You need to take time to pray and fast. When the early church leaders needed leaders and direction, they did the same thing, Acts 14, 23. It says, so when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So when they were, when they were picking leaders for their churches, they prayed and fasted on who those leaders would be. Even in married life, God says there's gonna be times when a husband and wife should not come together. But he says those times should be infrequently, and when that happens, it should be only to take time to what? Pray and fast. 1 Corinthians 7, 5 says, do not deprive each other except for a consent, with consent for a time that may you, you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. God says, separate for a while, take time to pray and fast. And Jesus was also put into a situation by God and through prayer and fasting was able to overcome the temptation that was before him. Mark chapter four. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After uh, fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. So if God led Jesus to pray and fast, that's good enough for me. And we should take time to do that. And notice that it was God who led Jesus into the desert to be tempted. How many know that God allows things in your life to build up your faith? He allows you to have this temptation so that you can overcome it or not overcome it. The Bible says there's nothing in your life that's going to be so powerful that you can't overcome it. No temptation is going to be so great that you can't say no to it as a believer. But God allows those things to test you. When your kids are in school, you give them a test to see if they know the stuff, right? And if they don't know it, they take it again. And it also encourages the child to say, hey, I did okay, I know it, I understand it. And when you're able to conquer a temptation that God allows in your life, your faith is built up because when that happens, what happens? In, the, in this version, the angel comes to minister to Jesus after the 40 days, right? 
after you're able to overcome the temptation through the Holy Spirit, God gives you comfort at that moment. But he wants to see if you're able to do it and trust him to get through it. Number two, prayer and fasting puts you in the best possible positions for a breakthrough. What are you doing when you're taking time to pray and fast? You are defeating your natural body. What your natural body wants and you open yourself up to what God may want in your life. First John 2, 16. It says, for everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes from the Father, not from the Father, but from the world. Jesus defeated the desires of his flesh through fasting before he even began his ministry. The disciples neglected their spiritual life and they were defeated at every turn. When you deny your basic cravings, you put yourself in a better position to hear from God and to experience the breakthrough that you are looking for in your life and that you need to increase your walk. What did Jesus say that, that we as his disciples need to do? Mark 8, 34 says, and he called the crowd to him with his disciples and said, if anyone would come after me, he must give himself everything he wants. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow him. When we put what God wants above what we want, we open ourselves up to a breakthrough to have what God wants us to have. Maybe we're seeking something that God needs to do. And we deny what our flesh wants in order to be open to what God may want. Now all the situations I mentioned at the beginning, we need a breakthrough. Right? We need, we need the Holy Spirit to work. We need the gifts of the Spirit to work. We need God to overcome that property issue. We need people, God to save people. God does the saving, but we do the praying and fasting. We need a breakthrough, and we need to not neglect our walk, and we need to really get serious about seeking the Lord. We all have loved ones that aren't saved, I'm sure. Do we, sometimes when I read the gospels or the epistles, it doesn't talk a lot about hell in the epistles. It doesn't talk a lot about that stuff. But when I was reading through Revelation, we did that study on Revelation, man, I was really attuned to how horrible it's gonna be during the tribulation and how horrible hell is going to be. Do we have that in the front of our minds every day? realizing that the people we love and care for are going to experience that if they don't become a Christian, they don't become saved. We need to have a new sense of urgency and I think God gives us that urgency as we study his word and as we seek what God wants and deny ourselves and listen to what God is speaking to us. And Jesus rebuked his disciples for neglecting to do just that. So, what is fasting? Fasting in the Bible deals specifically with food and water for a particular time. The literal translation of that word in the Greek means no food, and in the Hebrew means not to eat. So Esther 4.15 says, Then Esther sent this to reply to Mordecai, Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. Now, biblical fasting is usually from 
sunset of one day to sunrise or sunset of the next day. We abstain from food to gain mastery over the flesh. Because your body wants what it wants. And in the morning when you get up, you're really hungry. Amen. And you are denying yourself in order to spend time with the Lord. You're denying what your physical body wants in order to be open to what God may want. It's, when we are hungry, it's your body that's demanding that we pay attention to it. Your stomach growls. It's your body saying, feed me. We're to have mastery over that. We're not to let that dictate us. We are physically defeating what our flesh wants in order to replace it with what God wants. And that's the second part. While we're denying ourselves this food, that's the time we pray. If you're just denying yourself food and not praying and not studying, you're just you're making yourself hungry. You want to take the time that you are really craving food to spend time listening to God, praying and, and tr- uh, trusting God. We deny our flesh in order to follow the Lord. Now, I've heard this before, and I probably, you've probably heard this before, that we... You've heard people say they're fasting other things. Like I'm fasting TV or I'm fasting coffee or I'm fasting the internet or I'm fasting my phone. Well, that's not really biblical fasting. I understand it. You know, if you want to deny yourself, that's, but that's not what your, that's what your mind wants, not what your body wants. We want to defeat our body and let our mind be open to what God may want. Your body needs food to survive. Your body does not need TV to survive. So we want to deny ourselves the food. But, you know, hey, if that's, if that's your introduction to fasting, you know, we want you to do food. But if you can't do food, all right, deny yourself that. But we don't, we're saying it's food. No, you can't. You can't fast just chocolate either. Now, I'm also not saying that we deny ourselves food to the point of damaging our bodies. If you're a diabetic and you need a certain diet, we don't, we're not saying neglect that. If you're pregnant, look around, and you need nutrition, don't risk injury. Fasting is simply denying what you want, not what you need, what you want to get what God wants. If you come expecting God to work, are we doing our part and preparing ourselves spiritually, spiritually to be used by God? You come to church on Sunday morning. Are you prayed up? Are you sensitive to what God may want to do through you, through the gifts of the Spirit? Maybe it's something during the service. Maybe it's something during Sunday school class. Maybe it's something while you're having coffee downstairs and donuts. No, we're fasting that, so. Oh, yeah, by the way, no. We doing the no donuts for the three weeks? No Sunday donuts and coffee? Oh, yeah. Still bring donuts, but if you're fasting, no donuts and coffee for you on Sunday morning. They'll be there, but we're fasting that, so. Now, Jesus isn't going to physically walk down this aisle. But he, what he will do, if we don't neglect our walk, is he will take time to work through us to bless other people. 
The disciples had the authority to drive out demons, but they weren't prepared to do it. Now, right now, we're not really seeing a whole lot of great moves of God. A few, a few healings here and there. Do we still think that God wants to do these things? There's a lot of, there's a lot of good Christians that think that the gifts don't exist anymore. That they, uh, that they ended at some point. TikTok. <laughs> All right. Bible never says they, they ended. And the reasons that God healed are still valid reasons. That God healed the man who was born blind to bring glory to himself. The Bible says that. The Bible says he healed people because he had compassion on them. Do we still think that God wants to bring glory to himself? Yes. Do we still think that God wants to have compassion on his people? Yes. Do we still think that God wants families restored? Do we still think God wants people to get saved? Absolutely. If God wants to do all these things and they're not happening, why? What can we do about it? Going back to the first verse, it says, why can't we cast that out in Mark 28? He said to them, this kind can come out only by prayer and fasting. And that's what we're calling this church to do for the next 21 days, starting tomorrow. I'm asking each one of us to begin the task of fasting and praying for God to work not only in our personal life, but how God wants to use us in this church and in, in, your, social, in your, your family life as well. Now, praying and fasting are not an end to themselves. They are a means to an end. And the end is allowing God to work through us. Are we ready for that to happen? We're denying ourselves, we're taking up our cross, and we're following Jesus. Remember, this isn't a contest. This is something that we do on our own with no recognition. Matthew 6, 16 says, And when you fast, don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do, who try to look pale and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I assure you that's the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will suspect that you are fasting except your Father, who knows what you do in secret. And your Father, who knows all secrets, will reward you. We're seeking to grow our individual spiritual walk. As each individual grows, then obviously the church grows and is blessed by it. We want to become more like Christ and be more in a position to be used as God chooses to use us in not only church, but in our life as well. We're not comparing ourselves with anyone else. We don't want to neglect what God has already called us to do. Last verse. 1 Timothy 4.14, do not neglect the spiritual gift you receive through the prophecy spoken to you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. The Bible says that every Christian has received at least one gift. And the Bible says, don't neglect it. Take time to foster it, to grow it, and the only way that's going to happen is through diligent prayer, fasting, studying God's word, and being open to be used by God. Don't be afraid to be used by God. Would you stand as we close this morning? Can you bow your heads for a moment.
If you're at home, I'm th I thank you for hanging on till the end. And I pray that God minister to you there as well. I believe each one of us here wants to grow in our walk with the Lord. And I know fasting and, and prayer is not the most fun thing to do. But think of it this way. Do you, do you have a, a date night or just a night that you go out to dinner with your spouse or you go out to dinner or breakfast with your friends? Do you look forward to that? Do you look forward to the time we just sit down and talk? That's exactly what prayer is. It's not something that it's hard to do. It's something that we should take time. We want to spend time with Jesus, sitting down and just talking. The Bible says he wants to listen. He wants to hear. And we're just sitting down, talking across the table to our Father, wanting to learn from him, wanting to hear what he has to say. We don't want to monopolize the conversation. We want to make our requests known. But then we want to be open to listening to what Jesus may say to us. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice, they know me. So when we pray, maybe even have a tablet with you. And when you take time to be still, as the Bible says, be still and know that I'm God. Take time to listen to what God may be saying to you during those quiet times. When you have breakfast with a friend, it's a two-way conversation. You talk and then they talk. When you pray, you talk and then God responds. It's not, it's not, a, it's not a strange thing. God wants that more than you want it. There was an old song that said, I miss my time with you. And the theme of the song was Jesus is sitting on the edge of his bed waiting. This guy promised he'd be there every morning and uh, he didn't show up. And Jesus says, I miss my time with you. And when we don't pray and we don't take time with God, I believe God says the same thing. I miss, I miss my time with you. I miss spending time with my son and my daughter. We want God to be able to build us up, encourage us, allow our faith to grow. And one of the means he does that is by us taking time to just pray, talk to God, and deny ourselves the food that our body thinks it needs in order to be more receptive to what Jesus may be speaking to you. Father, I thank you for loving us the way that you do. I thank you for just caring for us. Feelings, your word says you're touched with the feelings of our infirmities. You know how we feel. In whatever situation we may be going through now in our personal life, whether it's loss, whether it's financial struggles, whether it's family issues, whatever it might be, you're telling us, talk to me about it. Take time to talk to Jesus about it. And the Bible says that when we do that, God will give you what you need in that particular time. He will give you things that we can't give you as people. 
And Father, we thank you for that. So Lord, I pray your blessings upon each person here as we leave this morning, as we begin this new year tomorrow. I pray that our hearts and our spirits would be attuned to what you want to accomplish in this new year. The rapture hasn't happened yet, Lord. Your word tells us to tarry until you come. It means we're about to keep working as if you're not coming for another hundred years. Allow our lives to be a reflection of how gracious and how thankful for you are, we are for what you've given us. But Lord, we want to develop that relationship more. So Father, fill us with the Holy Spirit. Give us a desire to spend time with you, to deny ourselves, not to the point of being sick, but to the point of being more attentive to what you may be saying to us. So Father, I commit each person here, each person online, who may be watching or may be watching in the future. I pray that our lives are transformed by what you accomplished in us through this time of prayer and fasting. And we will thank you for it now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Have a great new year. Don't forget, classes resume this Wednesday night. Sunday, next Sunday, we're continuing with the book of Mark.